What is up, you amazing listeners and viewers tuning in from whichever platform you love to get your podcasts from? I'm your host, Chronic, from the Cannabis Chronicles on all major streaming platforms, including this wonderful show brought to us by Visionary Hydroponics and TNB Naturals. Be sure to smash that like button, comment down below, and subscribe or follow along from whichever platform to show them some serious love because they're the reason I get to keep doing these shows every week. And really, uh, they're awesome. Trust me, they're, they're pretty cool brands. You should check them out. <laughs> Now, without further ado, we're going to jump into an, uh, another episode of the podcast. And this time, it's not going to be an interview. It is just another blabbing episode or educational content on uh, some extraction stuff. So in today's episode, if you read the title, it is How to Extract Dry Ice Hash. So this is Chronic's method, my method. <laughs> and uh, this is just going to be a pretty quick, straightforward video. As you can see, I do have some, oh, actually I'm covering it. But if I go like this, you guys can see I have a table in my backdrop. I gotta be honest, my chair did a good job of covering it. So I didn't even realize that, but um, I have a lot of stuff going on in my back. Uh, like I'm working on some arts and craft thingy, you know, and, and, doing, and doing some uh, brainstorming on content creation. And the Autoflower Review the other day told me, hey, man, you should do some hash episodes. So I'm going to be doing this episode. Uh, this is kind of like the tester episode, if you will, for my podcast, as well as I'll be doing some hash episodes for reviewing Ruderalis on the Autoflower podcast. That's the segment I host every Monday, so you can definitely check that out. So I'll be doing more hash content over there as far as breaking into more stuff. But I at least wanted to give you guys over here on my channel and my followers some hash content again. Now, if you don't know, I I have one of the largest viewed videos for hash um, on YouTube. It's not the largest. There are view the videos with more views than I do have, but I'm pretty proud of it. It's almost got a million views right now, so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, dry ice hash is very cheap, easy, and it has a very high yield compared to learning bubble hash. So first and foremost, before I get into this episode, I always tickle some feathers anytime I actually start talking about hash or dry ice hash versus bubble hash or like, you know, doing like hash balls or hash bars or hash bricks or how you're supposed to cure your hash. Should you stab your hash? All sorts of questions. The number one thing that I get harassed about is people telling me that dry ice hash is nowhere comparable to bubble hash and I should go do bubble hash. Well, that's great and all. But I'm telling you, I'm not an idiot. And I say that in the sense of there are many people who listen to me who are not idiots. And it's not easy to do bubble hash. Like it takes a lot of time and practice and material to run through to learn how to yield and yield the best on bubble hash. And you need the best yielding plants for bubble hash. You really need to grow plants specifically for bubble hash. This is why I say dry ice hash is nice because to be honest, as long as the plant has trichomes, dry ice hash is going to work. Like it, you're freezing the trichomes off and you're breaking the trichomes from the plant. So um, I know the taste and the clarity and all that is not the same. Okay. When it comes to medically, like, like if you have a medical card or you're even a recreational smoker and you're just trying to alleviate either simple stuff like anxiety or you just like relax at the end of the day or you're trying to alleviate major things like level 10 pain like I deal with in my neck and back and things like that or like maybe you have cancer or even like create like that's like level 20. Um, so not that, 
Oh, that's good to be that. I, I made that sound like a good thing. That's not. That's, I'm, like, I'm just saying that's like some serious stuff. Um, whatever it is, dry ice hash is going to be able to be on top of bowls. You can put it right on top of bowls. You could dab it. It, it might make your rig dirty, but you can dab it. You can do all sorts of things. You could roll it in a temple ball. You could cure it like the Frenchy cannoli method. Um, you could water ball method or water bottle method it. So like where you heat up a water bottle and like roll the water bottle on the hash and make like a hash brick, then reform it, then make a hash brick, then reform it. And essentially like you're curing the hash and making a more refined hash over a prolonged period because you're creating a... a like hard case you could also do like sometimes what i'll do is i'll take my nug smasher and i'll set it to 100 degrees is the lowest degrees it'll go as far as like 100 and i'll like press it for like five seconds or three seconds and just like kind of get and then i'll like reform it and press it into a brick and essentially i'm creating like the hard resin shell to allow the hash to cure on the inside um there's a lot of ways to go about it uh there's a right and wrong way for sure if you want to be top notch and you want to if you want to make hash the best hash ever just go watch the three hour um frenchie how-to on youtube and that's not me being sarcastic either like that's i spent three hours of my time and watched it it's a very phenomenal um bubble hash how-to however it's frenchie cannoli and you know you'll see how much expensive of equipment they have and bubble hash is far from cheap um this is why my next statement, it always ruffles some feathers, but I look at growing from a home grower's perspective that are trying to budget and pinch pennies. Like growing is already expensive as is through utility costs and just the operation of growing and the cost of supplies. Adding extraction methods to it is costly. Like um, a press can be upwards of $700 normally, and that's an expense. Um, getting a magic butter machine is an expense if you're trying to do extractions, but a magic butter machine is a lot cheaper than, you know, the rest. And to be honest, it's worth your money. It's worth every penny. Um, I love the magic butter machines. I think they work great. We actually have one. I'll be doing more videos here soon. So shout out magic butter. Um, they are phenomenal. Um, but then you get into things like a bubble washer, which is like $250, which is like, mm, is it worth the money? Well, yeah, it's worth the money because you don't have to stir for freaking eight hours of your day. But the problem is, is it still takes about eight hours to do bubble hash. It takes so much ice and cold, cold water. Your hands are freezing by the end of it. I just, I, plain and simple. No one ever talks about that. It is a process to learn. And it honestly, you make a mess in your kitchen, especially if you live in a um, an apartment. It's just not feasible. It just really, it's, it just isn't. And like, I don't have a ton of space and I can't get water everywhere. So it's just, it's not feasible for me. Um, what is feasible is instead of spending $250 on a ma machine washer with the bags, spending on a bunch of money on the rubbing alcohol to clean all the bags because you're going to have to soak the bags afterwards getting a, a an aluminum air port air wow an aluminum airplane or an airplane aluminum tray whatever you want however you want to call that but they stay super cold aircraft aluminum stays super cold and nug smasher sells these trays so you want one of those and i'll tell you why because you need to have a spoon that's in the freezer sitting on that tray to keep your spoon as cold as possible so that when you you and you go to scoop it out of your bag the hash doesn't stick to your spoon it's a whole you need like at least 200 and i would say you need 300 worth of supplies once you buy everything including ice and then if you count if you count your labor costs in an eight hour day like that's that's pretty expensive um 
but I'm not counting labor, but we'll get to that in a second. I'll count it, but just not like money monetarily. So you're like $300 with bubble hash at minimum. That's like a cheap setup. That is a very, and, and the cheaper DIY setup is just straight like Home Depot bucket and stir stick and you are the stirrer. And it takes a lot of like, listen, I have, uh, I had a snowboard accident of several years back and I've still not fully healed from it. And my shoulder is like, I have to be careful with it. Just plain and simple. Like I know my limits with my body. I'll go to a masseuse and she's like, dear God, you're only 28 and you have a, your shoulders frozen and she'll have to like work my shoulder. And it hurts immensely the next, like it feels great that day. Maybe the day after slightly, but that following dude, the following 10 days, 12, 13 days while it heals, it's rough. Um, so I have severe shoulder stuff, so I can't sit there and stir for eight hours. I just can't do it. That's not, and, and I don't have the time to do that. Like the point of my podcast and the point of growing cannabis as a home grower is to do it with ease, to get everything with the most simplest extraction methods. And that might sound lazy to some ears. Like, it, well, I'm sorry, bro. Does your art take, like, you can't just do it lazily. No, 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 no. Like, I get that. I'm not like. I get good things take time. The good thing is the cannabis and they've taken the time to grow it. And I know extracting process on a, on a very fine, like if you're like a high end extractor or you're actually like, that's your whole life. Like you do nothing but extracting. Of course you're going to be dived into it. You have all the equipment, everything, but for an average everyday, normal human being growing cannabis across the board, that is probably just above the poverty scale to blue collar. So like that range of like income, I try to be realistic and be understanding that people don't have that time to waste. Time is valuable. Life is very, very valuable um, as far as like the time you spend in waste. And for me, wasting it in a kitchen doing bubble hash for a sometimes five to 18% yield and 18% is like, if you've got a gangster plant, you've been doing bubble hash for a while, or someone's there to show you, or you really have a good first run and first time, but it's probably going to take you eight to 10 hours. Like I very rarely see people's first time bubble hash yields being above 12%. That's like 12% of your plant that you get. Like that's so little. And I know that's not proper bubble hash yields. Like there are way better bubble hash connoisseurs, but that was literally my yields. And now how come every time I do dry ice hash, I can get upwards of 60% yields. Like, and I'm talking like a or dress or, and I shouldn't say 60% yields. I'm getting like 35 to 40% yields, but then I'll pull like 60% rosin yield. Like when I press versus when I press my bubble hash, I'm not pressing like, there's so much that goes into bubble hash versus dry ice hash. Dry ice hash is literally like there's no nothing that goes into it. No thought process. Like you cut, you could you could cut your plant live. If you have a fancy flash freezer, boom, you flash freeze it and you can uh, do dry ice hash that day and it's live rosin. Or you do what Mitchell Gorgachuk and I talked about doing, which is the zombie hash, where you cut your plant, throw it in the freezer for a few days, like bucket. Um, and try to trim all the plant matter off it that isn't sugar. And um, you try to rid all the humidity or most of the humidity out in the few days in your freezer. And then you use the dry ice after the, three, the two to four day period and you go ahead and extract and that's zombie hash. The thing about hash is the dry ice hash particularly is I generally do it with dried and cured plant matter. 
So, or like trim that's been stored in the freezer. So it has been fully rid of the humidity. And I always put my product I will use in the freezer 24 to 48 hours prior to using it. So it will be in the freezer for at least 48 hours. There's no thought process to that. There is no questioning humidity. Like there is no, okay, I need to get to the proper humid point, but not too humid. Like, no, that with dry ice hash, you actually don't want it any moisture. You want it as dry as possible. Like not to the point where the bud is crumbling and like to dust like a Thanos snap, but like you want it fairly dry. You want the humidity out of the bud. Um, the thing about bubble hash and I'll get into how to actually do the hash here in a second. The thing about bubble hash is you have to know the moisture point. You have to have a specific, like you have to make sure you have the water cold enough. If you're going to do live um, extraction, there's a whole different process versus dry extraction. You, If you're using nug run versus trim run, all of this comes into play. And don't get me wrong, nug run versus trim run on dry ice hash makes a difference. I mean, technically there's quality there. There's a big difference in quality, but in bubble hash, there literally is a dozen variables just for your setup and your product for you to understand how to extract out of that product and if it's worth it. I I know a lot about cannabis, but I don't know enough about bubble hash to sit there and try to uh, essentially ruin my plants uh, when I don't get a big yield and I just wasted X amount of weeks growing these things. And it was supposed to be my medicine for the next few weeks. And I don't even have what I need. So that is why I go to dry ice hash. Because all you have to do is go down to your local grocery store. Or buy food grade dry ice hash. Or <laughs> dry ice hash. <laughs> buy food grade dry ice online. And that is what you'll make your hash with. You just need five pounds worth of dry ice generally to 10 pounds if you're doing a really large run. But five pounds is what I use in most of my videos to 2.5 pounds or less. I don't even, you don't need much dry ice. Um, you can keep it at about semi-large chunks, like a, about the size of a, of a small ball. Like I would say like, like a peach or something like that in size. Um, not a big one, like a little tiny one, you know? Or a plum, I should say. There you go. Um, just something small. Um, nothing crazy big, but you don't want them super small chunks either. You want them decent size, palm size, like chunks that you break up with your hammer or whatever you're breaking it up with on your counter. Don't touch the dry ice, okay? Like that's, it will burn you. Um, and then you simply just need your preferred micron bag. So I talk to a lot of people. I use a 220 micron bag. Everyone's always like, oh my God, that's so large. Why the hell do you do that? Oh my God, your product's so great. Uh. So I'm going to make a few statements on here that it ruffles some feathers too. I personally, I'm not a blonde hash head. Um, there is benefits to smoking plant matter. I do, in fact, hash my plants a little longer to get a slightly green tone because I do want some of the plant matter in my hash. There's a reason that old school temple hash and, and various like uh, the, I forget what they're called, charas, I think is what they are. Um, they're like the little sticks of hash uh, that were rolled. They used to, they used to like hand roll the whole plant. So it was like everything going into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so Medically speaking, there is benefits to the plant matter. I don't, I, I'm not going to argue that anymore. Science has proven that there is, so I don't need to argue it. If you prefer blonde hash, you as while you're doing your dry ice hash, you just stop when you prefer it, and then you don't go any further. And then you can do like another tray and do your like 
at, like past run tray and use that for like maybe edibles or whatever you want to use it for. But the thing about it is, is the plant's still like, there's a certain point where the plant's not really good for hashing anymore because it's starting to be like green, green, and that's not good. But like when it goes light green, almost golden, that's fine. And then once it goes to like a, a dark, like a golden green, like a darker green, that's where you know, okay, stop. So I generally shake for about a whole minute at a, in a 220 micron bag with about an ounce of product. I'll usually get half ounce of hash. So that's like 14 grams of hash from the product. It's 50% yield. So I usually get about a 50 to 62% yield um, out of my dry ice hash. Um, that's that's usually what I'm... I get with and that's for trim or and that's for nug run my video online with the almost a million views was a trim run it was an ounce of trim and again it, if you go watch those videos you'll see how much it just absolutely just the the trichomes come falling off um, to make your a little tip and trick to make your process go easier. When you put your bud and product, put your bud or product onto your dry ice in your bag, let it sit there for five to 10 minutes to freeze even more, then begin shaking in a circular motion. So like, don't like shake to beat your product up, shake it in like a, when you lift your bag, you're shaking in like a circular motion, almost stirring. But what you're doing is you're creating like a whirlpool or like a washer effect inside the bag. And you're going to help break those trichomes off easier and get them through the bag mesh. You could use anything from like a 90 to a 220 micron. 90 is going to be really finite and I don't really like using it. It's hard for the trichomes to go through. I've heard people use 110. I've heard people use 120. It, the finer the micron, the longer you're going to have to shake the more time you'll have for uh, finer t gradients of hash. So really it's, it, that is user's choice. So buying micron bags is like $20. You can get a whole pack of them. You can get a five pound or a five gallon bag pack or a, a gallon bag pack. I have a couple different sizes. I think I have a one gallon bag. I have a three gallon bag and I have five gallon bags. So I have a couple different sets. They're actually off to my left right here. They're Mr. Bubble bag dude.co. So I like those. Um, they're Mr. Bubble Bag, dude. That's the washer that I have, actually. It's a really good washer. And all the bags that I've used, the bags that came with the washer and the two sets of bags I have over here, work really great. Um, you'll also need 70% isopropyl alcohol because you'll need to soak the screen, like the micron screens in a bowl full of alcohol afterwards to clean the screen. You don't, you don't want to, you can't really clean it with anything else and it will get clogged up if you don't clean it. So make sure you clean your screens. Um, there's not really much else to it. You just need a collection tray. So you, the tools that you need is your product that you're going to be using, whether it's nug or trim or combination. You need a micron bag of your choosing 90 to 220 micron. I prefer 220. Um, you need 2.5 to five pounds of dry ice for one ounce of product. I use five pounds of dry ice for one ounce. Um, I freeze the product 24 to 48 hours prior you're going to need a collection tray. And I have like this little silicon um, bakers. What are they called? I don't remember what they're called. It's to score. It's like, man, they're like these little, you'll see in my videos. I essentially, they're like little like uh, scrapers. They're like a baker's scraper. Um, and I, I use one of those. You can use a silicon one or a metal one, but generally I have a metal baking sheet 
that is a, like a flat baking sheet that I hash into. And then I use the silicone scraper or the metal scraper to push all the hash into the middle. I collect the hash into uh, what I'm collecting it, um, or I'll set it across a tray and let it dry out for an hour to three hours, um, depending on how much humidity I feel like is in the hash. Sometimes there's some hu humidity in it, um, but you can consume the hash right then and there. You can be, you can put it on bowls. You can roll it into a hash ball. Um, you can um, do all sorts of things. You could process it even further and put it into edibles, um, all sorts of things. So I, I shouldn't say process, infuse it further and put it into edibles. So lots of things, but that's how to make hash. Once you collect the hash, it's just up to you on what you want to do with the hash. So I'll make some more videos. Like I said, they'll probably be over on reviewing Ruderalis on that um, segment that I do for the Autoflower Review podcast. Um, and I'll probably do maybe one or two over here. If you guys do want to hear more hash content, I'll happily do that for you guys. Um, but yeah, if you guys want me to teach you how I do like my hash bricks or go into any more hash information, or maybe the history of hash. That sounds like a fun episode I might have to do. Um, but that was pretty much my how to today. I wanted to get that done for you guys and just kind of explain like, hey, this is uh, how to do dry ice hash. Everybody always asks me and I have a couple videos on it and I figured I'd just do a podcast on it. So I'm going to do some more hash podcasts in the future. Hope you guys have a great day. Be sure to hit that like button, comment down below, and subscribe or follow along from whichever platform you're tuning in from to show the sponsors of this show, Visionary Hydroponics and TMB Natural, some serious love for allowing me to come on every single Wednesday and blab to you guys about cannabis and uh, homebrewing stuff actually nowadays, which a lot of people are liking lately. So I'm glad you guys are enjoying the homebrewing content. I'm your host, Chronic from the Cannabis Chronicles on all major streaming platforms, including YouTube. And I'll be back every single Wednesday. So much love, happy growing, and happy hashing, everybody. <laughs> Peace.